you know, you get your first couple sales, you get your first couple wins, you get your, your first couple successes inside your business. And it can really, really catalyze activity, action, hope, you know, inspiration. I mean, it's just, it's fuel, you know, for the f- big fire. Hey folks, this is Michael Vesey from Amazing FBA Podcast for Amazon Sellers. I'd like to introduce an episode from our sister podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, which has got a slightly broader remit for all e-commerce sellers. In this deep dive episode, Jason Miles and I deep dive into a key e-commerce topic. Hope you enjoy the show. Smart e-commerce operators know that net profit is the lifeblood of a business but at a small and profitable business than a large one which earns no money. The Profit Habits Workbook by Jason Miles gives you 17 specific proven profit-taking actions. For a limited time, we are sharing this valuable resource with our listeners completely free. Download your 60-page workbook and start making your business more profitable today. Just visit theecommerceleader.com forward slash profit habits. That's theecommerceleader.com forward slash profit habits. Michael, recently there was a group of about 20 business owners that attended a small dinner that I was a part of. It's for a local addiction recovery program that focuses on meth and fentanyl. And so I want to tell you the story as we tee up the podcast for the day. The dinner was going splendidly and it was a very nice time. We heard testimonies of some of the students who have overcome fentanyl addiction and meth addiction. And it's really super powerful. So I was the chairman of the development committee there. And of course, with that role on, I'm thinking about fundraising. And uh, so towards the end of the, the dinner, I, you know, made a few comments and one of the business owners that was there and all of these people were basically like the leaders of the city in terms of business. One of them asked, how could we be of help? And before I could respond with a fundraising appeal of, you know, some magnitude, the director of the program said, we need toilet paper. Really like, what's the, uh, really kind of quickly. And then one of the students that was sitting there said, and we also need trash bags. And I was so taken aback and and not to judge them or anything like that, but just, I was preparing in my mind us, you know, kind of a, Hey, we need a hundred thousand dollars type, you know, type comment or, Hey, we need this or that. I, I had a little, at a list, you know, but their response basically was, you know, the response that the donors heard. And it got me thinking about this whole idea of poverty mindset and not trying to judge them or anything like that. But I think just the basic response of their heart was what was the immediate need that they thought of and it was you know a very very small ask i guess you could say in fundraising terms so it got me thinking about this whole issue of poverty mindset and setting goals and what expectations you have in life and i we've never had a topic like this in the podcast i don't think but i thought i'd talk to you about it since it was so sort of striking to me of, of a story you know that's absolutely fascinating. I, I think what I would say is being a sort of former musician, I know quite a few people who are in alcohol recovery programs because a lot of musicians and, and actors are, you know, almost traditionally alcoholics, sadly. <laughs> so I think there's so much wisdom that we can gain from people who've been 
are kind of not experts by professional choice, but by life choices, they have to become, if they're like experts in how to recover from, mm. you know, addiction. And thus they have plumbed the depths of the extremes of things like poverty mentality. So I think there's huge wisdom to be learned from that for might be the rest of us if we don't happen to suffer from that. So I think it's super smart. And yeah, we don't talk about mindset very much because it can become a sort of very fluffy, very quickly kind of, but that sounds to mm-hmm. me very concrete, very real, very, what's the word? Very immediate. So I like this a lot. So, so let's dig into the topic. So what, are, what do you mean by poverty mindset in the first place? That's obviously the, the words that sprang to your mind from somebody yeah. asking for toilet paper. What does yeah. that mean to you? Well, you know, what I did afterwards, after I started sort of just meditating on it and thinking about it was, of course, ask perplexity.ai uh, and ChatGPT both about the phrase, because that was the phrase that came to my mind, and, and ask them to define what it was. And this list of 10 things we're going to share was sort of initially generated from perplexity. But, but, but the, the basic concept is a poverty mindset is a way of thinking that can be reinforced by family and social conditions. Living in poverty can impact the way you make decisions, interact with people and see the world. And on a personal level or individual level, we can become limited or trapped by low expectations. And I, you know, I just, I I think that's fascinating. I, I, I'm not saying that poverty is mental. That's certainly not true. I just got back from Zambia and there's a whole host of factors that go into people being in desperate poverty. It's certainly not just mindset. So that's not what I'm saying at all. But I think this idea of a poverty mindset is something to think about. And that is the question, are we creating a context in which our mind, in which we set ourselves up for very low expectations so so that we, and and we, in essence, get what we uh, expect, you know? Hmm. So I think that's the idea that I'm trying to mine here or kind of pull out, you know, as we think about it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's certainly the most striking thing from the story you told. Like you were about to say, we need to raise a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is. I plucked a figure in the air, yeah, but, mm-hmm. and, and you were, and they said, need, you know, 10 rolls of toilet paper. And it, it reminds me a, a little bit of the, the panic that's setting during the pandemic. People can sometimes get weirdly low obsession, shall we say, you know, and, and I'm, again, I'm not judging. I just think it, it's worth everybody catching themselves at it because I think we're all capable of it. I mean, I, I say we, I'm, I'm certainly capable of that. I notice in a few of the things you've outlined what the behavior looks like and some of those things I can identify with my, myself. So tell me, talking of which, what, what do you say, perhaps in more everyday life, would a poverty mindset look like? How does that show up? Yeah. Veteran e-commerce operators know that net profit is the vital lifeblood of a business. Better a small and profitable business than a large one that earns no money. The Profit Habits Workbook is designed to give you 17 actionable, specific and proven profit-taking actions. You can implement them at your own pace and let the power of this trusted framework revolutionize your company. The Profit Habits Workbook makes profit improvement a fast and efficient achievement. For a limited time, we are now sharing this resource with our listeners completely free with no strings attached. To download your 60-page workbook and begin your journey to a more profitable business today, just visit theecommerceleader.com forward slash profit habits. Yeah. And again, I asked perplexity.ai this (laughs) question. So this is sort of the AI generated assistant here. Us, but I asked that question, what, what does a poverty mindset do in practical terms to, to us if we're 
thinking that way. And so this is an interesting list. I'll just rattle them off and then you can pop, pop in on any of these, that you revisit them, the ones that you like. A frugality mindset and not wanting to spend money. Feelings of hopelessness about your situation. Limited self-belief. Low expectations of yourself and others. A focus on immediate gratification and short-term thinking. Avoidance of long-term planning. A belief that opportunity for advancement is scarce and even unattainable to you. Being timid and not boldly asking for help because you feel unworthy of it or that you wouldn't be able to get it. Asking small because it seems impossible to receive big. Discomfort with large amounts of money. Self-sabotage related to cash and assets to maintain a lower than necessary social status and avoid the discomfort of stress related to managing large amounts of money or assets. So the, I think those are, they're, they're emotional in, in yeah. a lot of ways, right? There are emotional response to, you know, goals and assets and money and expectations. I think what's interesting is what you made a very clear difference, which I, I think I'm grateful because there is, there is a strand of thinking is too strong a word for it, but a strand of discourse in the Americans public discourse around money that sometimes seems to imply that poverty is a result of mindset. And as you said, there is more than one factor. I'm glad you said that. Having said that though, I think the fact that it's mindset-based is for me, gives me a starting point of a feeling of hope because that is a changeable, it's an inside job. It's hard to do, I think, by mm -hmm. the way, but doable. So and that's the first thing that strikes me. The other things I would just identify with, just to kind of hopefully break the ice for anyone who's listening, thinking, oh, some of that's me. I mean, Avoidance of long-term planning, that's definitely a thing that I do. And a lot of entrepreneurs do that. <laughs> and I wonder whether the, I've always thought that's because they're impatient, but maybe there is a degree of kind of fear that they're not worthy and that's going to get taken away from them. I, I've certainly mm -hmm. experienced that in my mind. Asking small because it seems possible to receive big. I mean, I'm definitely falling to that. And, and again, I see that a lot with uh, business owners that they get stuck in operations instead of going, mm -hmm. okay, but how do you engineer a $10 million exit? Never mind, mm -hmm. you know. Should you order more toilet paper for your staff toilets? Literally had a, a member of the, uh, the mastermind said that they couldn't come into the meeting because their staff were rebelling because there wasn't enough toilet paper. So there seems to be a toilet <laughs> thing there. So, you know, those, those are kind yeah. of things that strike me. I mean, are there things that you identify with or that, that you see in your clients? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, several of these stood out to me. In fact, that little story about that dinner. It really, and again, I, it sounds judgmental as I'm describing it, but honestly, my first responses were about my own behavior. I just, I saw it. And then I asked the question, do I do that? You know, I'm, for our charity, you know, I'm, I'm tasked with raising the money. And the first thing I thought was, do I do that? And I talked to Cinnamon about it and she said, yeah, sometimes you do. She said, you've been in fundraising situations with donors. And you've said, we don't need money for the charity. And she said, I always think, why is he saying that? But is it because I am trying to defer any kind of hope or, you know, big ambitious outcome? And there's a real tension here, isn't there? Because on the one hand, you don't want to be perpetually unhappy with where you're at and kind of greedy for more constantly. On the other hand, if you don't ever strive and have goals and reach and stretch and push through, then you won't ever take big steps towards your, you know, life goals and for your family and community and for the world. 
And so there's this tension of mm. it's not greed, but it's hope. Yeah. And there's something there that really challenges our mindset and says, no, you, you, you know, complacency and just being comfortable with where you're at. There's something not right about that. You know, hope demands that we take action and we get after goals and we have bigger expectations for ourselves and, and for what's going to happen in the world. And, and there's a real tension there where it's not greed. It's not avarice. It's not. Uh, in a negative thing, but it's a positive thing um, yeah. that we strive By the for. way, that's that's the tweetable, right? That hope demands that we take action. That's a very positive statement. And that's different from you can make a million bucks or you can get a Ferrari or, or, or you know, name the car or, or whatever. I mean, for you, I know how, how close your faith is to you and, and how your charity means a lot to you. And different people are different by different things. I mean, closest I have to your religious faith, I guess, my relationship to music, but what, whatever it is, it may not be a financial driver, but that doesn't mean that we have to, as you say, kind of get complacent or, or maybe kid ourselves that we're happy with things as they are. I mean, I think there's, there's that, I suppose, different types of happiness they talk about on this. There's contentment and satisfaction. And I think those are slightly different and there's pleasure as well. So pleasure is sort of short term, I guess. But the, the contentment of being okay with what you've got now and being grateful for what you have, as you say, really important. But equally, uh, setting yourself hard, goals, challenging goals, and then looking back and going, we did that is I think also a part of happiness, isn't it? As you said, there's a bit of a tension there, but I, I think they both got to be part of the mix somehow. I think you're right. Somehow you can't just have one. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. So, so this is, this is our challenge as business owners and as, you know, breadwinners, I guess, for our family, for our, you know, community, do we operate with a poverty mindset or do we operate with an aspirational goal and plan and desire? to do more, do better, you know? I think there's one other thing, but I mean, we're going to, we're going to get into how to overcome it in a second, which is really important. But I think another thing that is important is to say, well, what does this do to the other people around you or that you not necessarily physically with you, but mm-hmm. you put out on a mm-hmm. podcast, for example, that you influence. And I think having a bigger, bolder mindset is instantly more attractive and that can mm-hmm. go very badly wrong. If you're trying to sell to people, the idea that everyone's going to get happy by buying a Tesla and living on a beach with a laptop, I, I think you're selling people into something that won't make them happy. But on the other hand, if you have, in your case, you've got a charity with what, 40, 50 volunteers, you're always off to Zambia helping people. I hugely admire that. That inspires me. I, I don't run a charity and I'm not necessarily going to do that, but it reminds me, if nothing else, that it's possible that, that it's, yeah. you know, part of the generosity of having is to give back. And that's for me, a great reason to have money is to be able to be yeah. generous, to be able to not have to nickel and dime it. And, and so that it does have an effect on other people, you know, how bold we are in our thinking. Yeah. We have 1,054 volunteers around the world and 96 wow. employees in Zambia. Amazing. But that's is lot. that enough? No, <laughs> we got to get bigger, man. We got to do more. There's a lot of program work we need to do there. And there's, you know, literally schools are waiting for us to bring our programs to them. And so I, I got to stretch. We got to well, get after said, this, man. There's, we got to get great, more great and better. This, you know, this guy called Jason G. Miles said, hope demands that we take action. I, I really <laughs> like that. I think that should be a tagline somewhere on your posters. Veteran e-commerce operators know that net profit is the vital lifeblood of a business. Better a small and profitable business than a large one that earns no money. The Profit Habits Workbook 
is designed to give you 17 actionable, specific and proven profit-taking actions. You can implement them at your own pace and let the power of this trusted framework revolutionize your company. The Profit Habits Workbook makes profit improvement a fast and efficient achievement. For a limited time, we are now sharing this resource with our listeners completely free with no strings attached. To download your 60-page workbook and begin your journey to a more profitable business today, just visit theecommerceleader.com forward slash profit habits. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England. Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. We offer you free help on our website, including PDFs, videos, and mini courses on topics like traffic, products, and sales channels. Some are for Amazon, most are for any sales channel. To get those and to stay up to date with our podcasts, go to www.theecommerceleader.com. Thanks for listening.